Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Imoff Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. And so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching, consulting in this area or done for you services, go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com. Hey, what's going on? It's Adam here, your host of the Smart Business Show. And I want to welcome you to today's episode, episode number two, which is building a team in revenue streams. I'm so excited that you're here. In fact, I believe that you have this dream or vision to be able to build a smart business, a business that gives you leverage, a business that gives you a, a multiple revenue streams and that you could be able to have a team help you manage that. And you know, a lot of the visions that you've had for so long you know, require strategies. And that's what this show is ultimately about, not to just give you the mindset, which is a big part of it, but also to be able to give you those tangible strategies that you can also leverage in your business as well. So I'm excited uh, that you're here for this episode. We're going to go over some really cool questions today uh, regarding building a team and also uh, around creating multiple revenue streams. In fact, I'll be sharing, you know, the journey. The question I get asked a lot is, Adam, you know, what was the first revenue stream you started out with? And then how did you transition into all the other revenue streams? So I'll be revealing that today as well. So before we do, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't want to deal with as an entrepreneur. You know, you may be watching this show and you're like, I don't want to have to run Facebook ads and I don't want to have to deal with automation and all of the tech stuff. I just want to be able to focus on getting my message out there. And if that's you, I totally get it. That's why building a smart business is about having that leverage. You know, you may be wondering, you know, will I ever be able to to build a big business? Will I ever be able to build a business that matches my vision? And if you ever have those doubts or wonders or concerns, I want you to know that it's all part of the journey here as an entrepreneur. We all question ourselves. And the reason why that happens is because we're going into new territory. We're going into a place we haven't been yet. And anytime we explore new territory, then that means we're going into a, a lot of a, a season where we don't really understand what the next steps are quite yet. And so it can seem like a fog and then you may be dealing with confusion or with doubt. And I just want you to know that that's all part of the entrepreneur process. And that's why shows like these are so powerful is because you're able to get some strategies that you can use to implement. Okay, so with that said, what is today's first question? Today's first question is this, how do I know if I'm supposed to be a solopreneur or entrepreneur? Well, the short answer to that is vision. Vision is something that will make decisions for you. So for example, if you wanna be able to be a millionaire, then you're gonna need people to help you. And the reason why is because you can't manage a million dollar business as a solopreneur. And the reason why is because you have customer, uh, you know, you have customer support that you have to be able to have. You have to be able to generate enough leads and then do the fulfillment for all of that. And then there's ads. There's too many moving parts to be able to run a seven-figure business all on your own. So vision is something that will be able to make decisions for you and tell you whether or not you need a team or whether you should stay a solopreneur. I think it's all about awareness, honestly. I think if you're wanting to be able to have you know, a lot of free time. You want to live more of a lifestyle. Uh, you know, you're not really, uh, you know, you're not really concerned about building an empire. Then I think it'd be great to stay a solopreneur because you can have the freedom to just get up and go wherever you want to go. Uh, you can travel when you want to travel. You don't have a team that you have to manage and oversee. 
However, if you're an empire builder, man, you got to be able to have a team help you because, you know, this happens a lot of times when your vision is bigger than you. You can't do it on your own. So that's something to constantly revisit is revisit your vision because your vision changes. I got to tell you, when I started my journey, I thought I was only going to be a solopreneur. I was building my personal brand. I never thought that I would be transitioning into an entrepreneur. In fact, I resisted it because I didn't want the responsibility of having to manage so many people, especially because I already had a life of freedom. But as my vision grew, it stretched and I realized I can't accomplish what I'm supposed to be doing by myself. I need help. I need a team. And so, uh, you know, your vision is constantly going to evolve and that will tell you which phase you need to be in. Okay, so uh, the other thing you need to understand is what is uh, your appetite for risk, right? So if you're the type of person you know you're not really good at handling risk, you have two pathways to go down. One, you could decide to do a lot of personal development and stretch that muscle. Or two, you know, you can just, you just know yourself. You're like, I'm not too big of a risk taker. And if that's you, that's okay. But being aware of which one you are so that you're in alignment is key. You know, so one of the things that I love doing as an entrepreneur is I love asking myself this question. What is the scariest thing that I can work on that if it works, it will explode our business? That's a question I'm constantly thinking about. And so one of the scariest things that I did to really explode our business early on was a big live event. I was terrified to be able to get on stage and speak and, and train in front of all these people. But I knew that if I was able to pull it off, it would bring in a lot of revenue in a short amount of time. And so from our live events, you know, we constantly do six figures in a weekend and they add a, they're like a, it's like a pump of fuel into our business with revenue, but they're always uncomfortable. They're always scary. They require big investments. They require a lot of time, a lot of risk. And so, but, but if I didn't ask that question, I probably never would have came up with the idea for it. So, you know, you got to be able to think in your business, like what is the one thing that if you were to do, it's really scary, but if it worked, it would explode your business. And then you're in this uncomfortable situation when you make the decision to do it and say, okay, what am I going to do now to be able to get to that place, right? And so you really see what you're made of in those scenarios. And so you constantly have to be able to re renew your mind and you have to be able to reinvent your, your way of thinking oftentimes because you're going into a place you haven't been yet. And that will really show you your risk tolerance and, and you'll get to know yourself. You'll either fall in love with that and you'll, and you'll feel almost like an addiction to being uncomfortable or you'll see like, okay, this is not for me. I want to stay in my zone. And so if you're the type of person you're like, I want to stay in my zone only, then you know maybe building an entrepreneur and building a team is, is maybe too risky for you and that's okay too. You can build a smart business as a solopreneur and outsource your work to contractors or you can build your business as an entrepreneur and build a full team out to help you with your vision. Uh, it's just about personal awareness. Also too, I think a big part of it is, are you outsourcing the right task? So one of the things that I'll do is I'll actually make a list of all the things that I do in a day and I'll see what are the $10 tasks that I can outsource? What are the $20 an hour tasks that I can outsource? Because you know, if I'm spending my time in those areas, then I'm not able to drive the company to the next level. So I'm constantly aware, in fact, I even keep a Trello board of my activities and I'm constantly looking, okay, what activities can I uh, delegate or leverage so that I could be able to stay focused in my zone of genius, which is moving the company forward. That's my zone. That's where I need to be, right? As the CEO, as the driver, as the pioneer of the company. I need to be looking at new market trends. What's happening in the market? How can I adjust? I need to be looking at new opportunities. And so, you know, you gotta be, you gotta think to yourself too, what tasks are you doing 
that can be outsourced? What, you know, is it, is it admin task that you're doing that you shouldn't be? Uh, you know, I, I think one of the coolest things that we've been able to do is outsource our social media because, you know, I was spending, we were calculating it, uh, Anthony, who's in charge of uh, our social media growth, we were sitting down one day and we found out that, that I was spending over 70 hours uh, doing my social media a month. And then when we were looking at what our social media actually brought in, I mean, it was good, but not worth my time. So once I was able to delegate all that content, we were able to make all of our content, we do all of our photo shoot for the entire month. We started cutting and clipping our, our, video, our videos to repurpose them. And the team began to manage all of that. It saved me 70 hours a month of my time uh, than having to do all of that all on my own. So if you can imagine 70 hours of my time, I'm now able to go utilize to make more sales. I'm able to utilize to be able to be in big meetings. And by the way, big meetings are how you level up your business from one uh, level to the next. If you ever think about a time your business exploded, it's always when you had a big meeting. So as entrepreneurs building smart businesses, we gotta be in big meetings. That's gonna help you level up for sure. So being aware of where you're uh, utilizing your time is big. So uh, next question is, how do you find good people with the right talent? So this is a big one. You know, a lot of times, before I can even answer this question, the big problem I see with entrepreneurs is they think, especially if you're a solopreneur, they don't think they can be replaced. And this was what I had to deal with. I thought no one could sell like I could sell. No one could deliver my consulting the way I deliver my consulting. No one can do what I can do. Until a mentor checked me and she said, Adam, stop asking, you know, stop thinking that you're the only one that, that can do what you can do. She's like, there are people that are actually smarter than you that can do the job better. She said, because you're spread so thin, you're giving 5% in all these areas, it's better to have 100% of someone's full attention than 5% of you. And I said, oh, that's so good. And so what ended up happening is I ended up uh, uh, starting to think like, okay, who can I begin to train to take these roles for me instead of me trying to do it all? And I struggled because I didn't understand organizing my processes and systems. So I began putting my roles, everything I was doing, I was documenting how I generate my leads, how I generate my sales, how I help a client, put those in what we call SOP, standard, standard operating procedures. And then now I have a list of things that I can pass on to the next person who's gonna take that role. And so from that, we're like, okay, it's time to build a team. So where do you find everyone? Well, at first, you know, I just started with interns. I didn't really know how to hire, train, and in the beginning, you don't have the resources, especially if you're starting up. But then you get into the hiring phase and you're like, okay, who do I bring on my team? Now, in order to, to find somebody good, uh, you, you wanna be able to give yourself permission to go through a lot of interviews. This was a mistake that I, that I made early on. I didn't do enough interviews. So what ended up happening is I brought on people that were talented, but they didn't match our culture. So after building our first team, it was a great group of guys, but it just didn't fit the culture that I was looking for. And so one of the things I mean by culture is we, you know, I, I want to be able to be in an environment that has a high level of love, uh, a rich level of love, and, and also emotional intelligence. That's the two things that I value in a culture and in a work culture. So we actually hire first off of LQ, which is the love quotient. It's somebody's ability, uh, ability to love 
which is uh, their willingness to serve, their willingness to give without complaining, their willingness to see how they can help you, their willingness to see how they can make things better uh, without you know complaining. It's the willingness, their 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 compassion for someone, uh, their 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 empathy for people who who are you know maybe having a bad day and they're able to come and say, hey, you know, are you okay? Can I help take things off your plate? You know, that's huge in our team culture. So LQ is something we look for. The second thing is EQ. EQ is the emotional intelligence, the ability to articulate a conversation uh, that is, or, or I'm sorry, uh, EQ is the ability to articulate how they're feeling about something. So communication is a big thing. You know, if you ever work with somebody who builds up resentment because they're not communicating to you what they need, and then you, they expect you to be a mind reader, and then or or they're frustrated at you because you're not carrying your weight and they're not communicating, and they take it out on you, that creates a passive aggressive environment, and we didn't want to create that. So one of the things that we, uh, one of the things that we did, is uh, we look for someone who's really emotional intelligent, the ability to articulate how they feel, the ability to be aware of their emotions, uh, and then also be aware of other people's emotions, and, and that allows us to be able to work with a high caliber type of entrepreneur as well, because entrepreneurs don't want to work with somebody who doesn't understand how they feel about things and their visions, because their visions oftentimes are very fragile. Uh, in the sense of it's their baby that they're talking about, their business. And in consulting, we need to be able to have that empathy side of it. So uh, EQ has been big. And then IQ is the actual skill set, the, the knowledge behind the skill. So it's LQ, EQ, and IQ. Those are the things that we focus on when we're bringing on new teammates. So what happened is the first round of teammates I brought in had a great IQ, very skilled, very talented, but didn't match the culture. So we had to actually rebuild and you know let that team you know ended up not being the right fit so we brought on a new uh, team and so how do we do it we interviewed a lot of people except this time it was different i was going through so many more interviews asking questions that would allow me to know okay is this person willing is this person going to be a good fit right and so uh specifically uh the designer was one of our hardest roles to find because i wanted to find somebody locally and i just went through so many people i didn't like the work i was looking at their portfolios i was like oh this isn't really that great so one day after, I was actually, uh, it was a day after church, I went up to the head of, um, you know, the head of the resources. I said, hey, I said, is any, do you know anybody who's looking for a job that is, uh, you know, in the area of like design? Like, do you have any good designers, even on staff, that maybe want to be able to get a, a job? He says, you know, we know somebody and we'll refer you to her. Um, her name is Cheryl. So they ended up referring us to Cheryl and we had gone through, I think about like 25 different interviews to try and find a designer. It was like one of the hardest roles that we were looking for. And we ended up meeting her and not only was she rich with love, she was funny, she was intelligent, she was skilled. And, uh, and now she's actually one of the biggest rock stars on our team. And so, uh, you know, I share that because sometimes when you're building a team, you just take whoever you can find or maybe you just like them because they're a good person. But I want to encourage you to, you know, really give yourself permission to do tons of interviews to find the right people and be aware of your culture and what you're looking for, uh, because you want to be able to match the IQ, you know, their skill set with their with the actual culture in, and that will really help you as well. Okay, uh, so uh, and another question that that we get is, okay, you know, Adam, well, how do you you know, how do you deal with managing that team when you're growing and you may not have the funding yet to be able to bring on that team? Well, you know, when it comes to, you know, the the funding for your team, you got to be able to educate the onboarding team that, hey, look, we're a startup, right? We don't even know if this idea is going to work. We're all working together towards this vision. 
So you don't want to come in promising the world. You actually want to let them know, hey, look, we don't know if this is going to work. This is our idea. Do you want to get behind us? And so with that, the benefits of a startup is that they're able to, to grow and learn and be able to get all the skill sets and be a part of that foundation. So if the business does work out, guess what? They're that core that gets to rise up with the company and they get opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be there if they would have came in later. So that's part of your job to articulate the vision of where the company is going, but being able to educate them and say, hey, look, you know, this is where we're at right now. We're not there yet, but this is where we're going. And so a lot of our even um, salaries were stair-step salaries. Like they were, they got this pay for 90 days and then it jumped up after another 90 days and it jumped up after another 90 days until they reached their full salary. And so that was able to buy us time as a company to catch up on salary. Um, so those are creative comp plans that we would create for new teammates coming on board when we were starting out. So these are some, you know, you can get creative with your, with your compensation uh, because when you're building a team, you know, it's about the vision and getting people behind that vision, which is so key and why you need to have that, okay? So uh, I told you we'd also talk about revenue streams, but I do want to touch on this. So I get this question a lot. I was doing a workshop the other day and someone said, Adam, they said, what, uh, how did, like, what were the first revenue streams that you started out with when you were building your business? Well, I, I would say this. Well, I started in direct sales. That's how I, st I started selling other people's stuff. And then I started to get confined. They wouldn't let me build my personal brand. They wouldn't let me sell my own stuff. Uh, they were really confining me to just what I, you know, the products that they offered. So I ended up stepping out of direct sales and I got into one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, teaching social media strategies on lead generation. Okay. From there, then what ended up happening is uh, the... <laughs> I got stuck. Uh, I was, first of all, I didn't understand the coaching model. I was charging $300 a month uh, for my one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I got stuck with like literally 15 clients maxed out. If you do the math, it's not a lot of money at all. In fact, I took a huge pay cut from, you know, a six-figure income to like literally like making like 30000 40000 a year. It was like horrible. Like it was, it was probably one of the hardest times. And this is the time I met my wife, mind you. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my, you know, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And she saw me doing really well in direct sales. And then here I am, like literally moving back into my mom's house, like just stuck, uh, you know, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Ah, it was, it was rough. So anyhow, I ended up um, getting a coach from Australia who had a million dollar coaching business. And he says, Adam, he says, I want to show you how to scale this thing. He says, you need to, you need to have a group coaching program. So that was our next stream of revenue. We created group coaching. And we began teaching uh, lead generation from LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, I wasn't an expert in all of these areas at the time, but I would bring in experts to teach our community how to, you know, generate leads in these areas. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you don't have to be the one to have all the answers. You can find someone who is the expert and be able to build community uh, around that niche. Side tangent. So we end up, uh, we end up uh, getting to the place where, our community is growing. Our community is growing and it's growing really fast actually. And so people started coming in from all across the country into our, into our online program. So we immediately went from scratch to multiple six figures in a matter of six short months. It was a really big time in our business where we had a big breakthrough. And from that, people were saying, Adam, we wanna meet you because we've been taking your, your programs but we've never met you in person. So how can we meet you? So I said, all right, it's time to do a big live event. And so we did our big live event, never did it before. And uh, that was an incredible experience. 
uh, from the event. I got to talk, meet a lot of members of our community and everyone's asking, do you have a book? Do you have a book? So then from there, uh, we opened up another revenue stream, which was, was uh, the books. So I, I wrote a book called The Art of Social Influence, uh, The Seven Strategies Leaders Use to Grow Their Influence and Impact Online. And that became another revenue stream. Obviously, not a big one because books don't typically make you uh, money up front, but they do bring you clients, which come in the back end. Okay, so unless you're going to get a big publishing deal with a big company, which I didn't, I self-published. So with that, uh, we ended up uh, growing that, and then people were like, hey, you know, do you have any online courses? You know, teach people what you're doing because you're having success. And I said, actually, I don't. So we began helping uh, people through online courses. And then as we were training, we would get a lot of support questions around branding and around done-for-you services. And so in my own journey of trying to build up my own brand, it was such a headache, but I ended up finding a team that did a great job with my brand. And I said, hey, what if we can offer this service to other people so that we can build out their brands? So we ended up creating branding and that opened up a major stream of revenue for us and helped a lot of people that didn't want to deal with all of the moving parts of their business with tech and with you know, all of the design and development and build outs. So uh, we ended up opening that stream. Then they started requesting us to build funnels. And so we were using funnels. And so we said, yeah, we can we can help you guys build funnels. In fact, we're using funnels already. So uh, we began offering that as a service. And then we started to expand our team uh, to be able to build out funnels. And we grew into advertising and offering advertising. And so fast forward to today, we have... Uh, you know, over 10 streams of revenue. We have, you know, our, we have our membership site, which is where we teach uh, sales We have and social media. We have our online courses. We teach uh, everything from uh, how to scale your business online to webinars to uh, being able to create your own online programs and product launches uh, to being able to build funnels and be able to generate leads, uh, generate appointments and automation. So we have all these online courses that, you know, teach our community now. We have our, uh, our retreats, which is for our VIP level clients where people fly in from all around the world into our retreats. Uh, we typically charge for our retreats anywhere from $2,500 for existing clients to five grand. Uh, at least that's our pricing now. I'm sure it's gonna go up over time, uh, which has been a nice additional stream of revenue. We don't really get rich from it, I guess you could say, but it is fun because we get to be a community and that's what matters most to me is being able to connect with our tribe and that's been so fun as well. Uh, we've also been able to open up, uh, you know, uh, affiliate income, which has been great. You know, we have a lot of great partnerships with people that we've been able to generate, uh, uh, partnerships we've been able to generate, which has been awesome. Uh, we have our events and workshops that generate revenue as well. Uh, we have our media, which we do videography and photography and all of the media assets for our businesses we provide as well. Uh, so, so we have just all of these different revenue streams that have come all because of our heart to help our clients. And, you know, when I say hard to help our clients, it's like these are the requests that have come from our community. And then we've worked to test things and bring these services to our community and see how they like it, get their feedback. And we've, we've had to let go of some services that didn't work out. And then we've been able to uh, keep the services that are in high demand. And that's kind of how our revenue streams have been generated. And so all this creates what we call an ascension ladder. Okay, an ascension ladder is something that you're going to want to have in your business. An ascension ladder is when somebody comes in and they get free content up front and then they move to the next phase, right? And then that's like your low tier offers. And then you have your mid tier streams of income, which are a little bit more expensive. And then you have your high tier, which is more of a VIP service. And then you can have like your retreats, you know, which are your, your, your ultimate, you know, uh, you know, intimate programs that, 
you know, you're, you're really able to open up with and, and bring a, ne a next level of value. So the reason why you want to be able to have the ascension ladder is because you want to be able to lead people to a place that every time they upgrade, they're getting closer and closer to the result. The purpose of an ascension ladder is, is not to keep upselling just because you want to make more money. The purpose of an ascension ladder is because every step of the way, it allows you to get more resources to serve them. Because they're paying more, you can bring in more resources to serve them at a higher level. Or you can give them more of your time and attention because they're willing to pay for that. That gets them closer to the result. So you always want to keep your clients moving up the ascension ladder because that's going to allow them to get closer to the result. And so if you don't have one, you can start with just a simple three tiers, a low tier, a mid tier, and a high tier. If they get the high tier, they're going to be moving closer to that result. And so what you can do is multiply the value of a client. Think about it. If you have only one product right now, it's $1,000, but you add a mid tier, let's say that that's uh, $3,000, and then you add a high tier, which is $10,000. Well, if somebody comes in and they move from the low tier, they get the mid tier and they get the high tier, they spent one grand, three grand, 10 grand. That's $14,000. That's 14 times what you were making for the client in tier one. So you've multiplied your profits and you've 10X'd. And so now you can be able to keep your client base coming in and multiply profits with the same client base. That's really powerful as well to help you generate more revenue. So when I saw that, I said, wow, I said, we need to be able to have an ascension ladder. And so we began putting it together and it takes time to develop, but you know, over time, it definitely pays off. So we covered a lot today. We talked about team and revenue streams. And you know, if you have any uh, questions, feel free to submit them to me on IG. Uh, and I want to thank you guys, all of you uh, who've been writing me awesome messages on IG. I appreciate the love and the feedback. Uh, send me a message on there and you can ask any questions regarding business and we can bring it onto the show and help you guys answer that, which we'd love to do. And, uh, and then also to make sure to uh, subscribe to this channel. And if you're listening on the podcast, uh, make sure to give us like a seven star rating. I know there's only five stars, but add an extra couple stars in there. That would be awesome. Uh, we want to be able to help entrepreneurs really lead, grow, and scale their business. That's the purpose of the show. And we don't want to just do personal development. There's a lot of that out there, but also be able to bring real strategies. And I want to share real business experiences because I've literally started from nothing. I've started from scratch and have been able to build a pretty awesome business that uh, has multiple revenue streams. It's scaling really quickly. So with that said, I want to be able to bring you guys on the journey so that you guys who are building can avoid a lot of the mistakes that I've made, but also take the best strategies and be able to implement them in your business. So with that said, make sure to subscribe, leave the, the, the rating below. And then if you are interested in any type of consulting or branding services or done for you services, you can always head over to dreamfactoryco.com forward slash contact. And we do free demos where we basically uh, will help you see, show you how we can help you grow your business online or offline. Uh, we have a great strategies for both. And so we can help you grow and, you know, build and scale. That is what we'd love to help you with. So thanks for listening to today's episode on building a team revenue streams. This is Adam, your host signing off, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.